Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Brandon from CrossFit Heath in Texas. What's up, Brandon? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, cool. So let's just jump right into the details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Um, well, it, I don't think I ever really had the intent to own my own facility. <laughs> uh, not in the beginning. Um, you know, I, I, in a previous life, I was actually a firefighter. And, um, you know, that kind of led me into the fitness world, mm-hmm. uh, obviously due to the job. But, um, and then in teaching, um, while I was in the fire service, I got into teaching through, uh, either, uh, paramedic school, EMT school. So I started down the path of teaching and then, uh, I thought I was still fit. And, uh, I took a physical agility, uh, several years into my career and, and found out pretty quick. I wasn't fit like I thought I was. So yeah. <laughs> that led me into the uh, CrossFit world, uh, to try to, to get back to where I needed to be, um, and so then I ended into CrossFit, started coaching, loved that, fell in love with it, um, which then led me to now where, where I own a gym, uh, you know, and finding my way and, and finding the path, uh, as I think many of us do in the CrossFit space, for sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's good that you started with your own experience and then became a coach and kind of worked your way up that way um, just to have experience on, at every level rather like right. from right. member experience from a trainer experience and then now ownership so it's good to be able to see every level on the way up a lot of times people don't have that you know they just step into the ownership and then sometimes it's easy to miss things along the way when it comes to your staff, when it comes to your members, because you haven't been in that position. So uh, that's definitely helpful. Now, what does your business model look like currently? Typically CrossFit group classes are the main thing. So is that the case for you? Or are there any other services that you offer? Yes, that's, that's our main, that's our main thing. And, and that's our, our big focus is, you know, keeping the thing, the thing that's a, that's kind of our saying. And so um, while we do do nutrition coaching, I do one-on-one nutrition coaching. Uh, we do do some personal training, um, but most people are, are in our group classes. That's, that's really where we specialize. Um, and so we try mm-hmm. to keep that, but um, you know, we've tied those other things into, you know, really the, to meet some of the needs uh, of others, but, you know, especially on the nutrition side, we all know within a gym, you know, if, yes. if, if you're not tying that together with, with fitness, um, you're not going to see the results that you're there to find ultimately right. is, is what we have found. So, you know, uh, but yeah, group fitness is the bulk of what we do. Okay. And as far as the nutrition piece goes, is that a service that can be added on to memberships as an additional service? Is it included? How do you structure things like that? Yeah. So both, um, when we bring them in, in the introduction, um, we, we get, we talk about nutrition. We want them to know upfront that nutrition is an important piece to us and an important piece to the process. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do give them some beginning, basic intermediate thing, you know, basic to intermediate pieces within their membership. Right. And then 
um, once they kind of get those foundations in place, then if they want to move to one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching, um, then yes, we that's an additional cost to them um, due to the time, the accountability, um, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, we offer that to them. Uh, most are able to find success with just the basics because, you know, we know in nutrition, it, it really gets back to the basics. Right. It's a, you know, it's, it's not as complicated as many want to make it be. So um, we, we found that most are pretty successful as long as we're keeping up with them, chatting with them, mm -hmm. um, you know, but that's awesome. That's an option. Right. Absolutely. I like that you put it in the beginning and make it something that's important to them from the start. Because a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of gym owners, you know, asking them about additional services and nutrition, supplementation, accountability, whatever it might be. And they're like, yeah, we offer it, but like people don't seem very interested in it. And it's like, okay, but are you talking about it? You know, are you making right. it important to them? Are you bringing it up in that initial consultation and a lot of times they're not so it's super important mm -hmm. to kind of set the scene from the beginning and make it important and make it right. a topic that you're talking about and you're addressing initially so that they do realize that it's important and it is something that they need yeah and we and we do that with our supplements as well so mm -hmm. in that in that nutrition uh talk we talk about supplementation you know because we know well enough they're gonna they're gonna do supplements <laughs> it's just the reality so Right. You know, you might as well make it a make the you know, have them buy it from you. It's right there. And then two, hopefully you're, you know, we try to use a a, a, a high quality product mm -hmm. um, to sell to, that we do sell so that that way we know that they're actually getting a good supplement because you know how people can be they, they yes. get what they don't know. They'll go they'll buy something really cheap and and it may be hard on the gut. Maybe it, it may be ineffective whatever right. the case may be. So we, that allows us to tie that piece in as well um, from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's a streamlined process for your clients and that gets them better results. Like you said, we know they're going to take supplements. We know they're going to buy them from somewhere, you know? Right. So it's like, if you can set them up with a better product and give them a streamlined process, then it's so much easier and they can get better results from that. So I think sometimes gym owners kind of look at it the wrong way. You know, it's like, well, we can just refer them out for supplements or it's like, why not keep it in house? <laughs> right. You know, right. like it makes more sense to just keep it in house. So, and, there's, and there's a lot of options there, you know, with, yeah. if, if you'll, if you'll do, do some research and, mm -hmm. You know, there's even companies that'll do direct ship, you know, where yes. you're not even keeping stock. You're not having to exactly. load up. And, and so it's it's done a little bit of work. Um, but, you know, the value is there for for you to, you know, increase that that uh, revenue per client. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. I mean, you definitely have to make sure you're getting a return on investment because sometimes with supplements, if you are holding on to stock and, you know, you're putting money out there to purchase them, you're holding on to them for a long period of time. Sometimes they don't sell, you know, then you're losing money there or the actual money that you're making on each product. A lot of the time is like a few dollars it's um, marginal. in yeah. some cases. Yeah. So it's yeah. not, it's not great, but like you said, there are companies that do direct ship and that is the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just having 
either a sample of the product at the facility or even just the bottles of the products at the facility so they can see what it is and then direct shipping to their homes. That's that's the way to go for sure. Most cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. Awesome. All right, cool. So now how many clients are you currently serving or members rather at the facility? Uh, we're, we have 120 uh, members uh, currently. Um, obviously trying to grow that. Um, mm -hmm. And we've brought that uh, back up uh, post-COVID. Uh, I think COVID definitely put a, put a hurt on most people. So, yeah. um, but that's what, what we currently are as uh, 120 members. Okay. And now as far as marketing goes and getting the word out there about CrossFit Heath, what are you doing? Are you doing... Um, social media are we doing any paid advertising like facebook instagram google mostly word of mouth referrals what does that look like yeah for us we've um we we just do some social media stuff and 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 even for us i wouldn't even say it's a strong presence within the the social media realm and and we've really uh to this point been able to rely on our members for that for that uh advertising mm -hmm. uh, you know we we just believe that if we if we give them a good service, they're going to go tell their friends. They want their friends to be a part of uh, the things that that they enjoy doing and being a part of. And so, with that, we've we've seen the success that we're looking for um, without having to spend money on on advertising because you know we've tried it in the past and I just we didn't find that the return on invest, investment was there for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and I'm. I know you can make it work different ways, but for us, this this has worked well um, in the model of of CrossFit. I think too many times we get into this mindset that we've got to have like 20 members tomorrow. Right. Um, you know, and, and we're in the and we're in the gym space, but we're in the relationship business. And so if, if you're not able to build those relationships, your retention is just you're just going to have such churn and turnover. Mm -hmm. And it's because those lacking that relationship you've never connected with them. And so we're not looking to get a mass influx. We, we're looking to just trickle them in and, and keep what we have. And, and that's where we've really turned our focus is to, to really just focus on our members, keeping them in the door. And then, you know, because we know today that CrossFit is still the number one uh, Google search fitness word. So, so people are still coming to it. Yes. Um, and they're still looking for it. We've just got to do a good job um, keeping them in the gym, keep them healthy, not allowing them to get hurt. Yes. Uh, which has been a, a big negative for CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I like the the piece about, you know, not necessarily it doesn't always have to be a volume game. Right. It's you right. don't always have to be acquiring new clients. It's good to have a, a pretty steady kind of drip of people coming in the door just because, you know, we are losing some people every month, whether it be to them getting a new job, them moving, something, something tends to come up, maybe one, two people, um, you know, hopefully that's low, but it does happen. It's natural. It so mm -hmm. just having that kind of steady stream of people coming in the door, um, but also, Something that gets overlooked a lot of a lot of the time within the business. So the clients that are already there, the members that you already have, are your best source of revenue. 
Absolutely. And that's something that people don't really think about. You know, the people that have purchased from you in the past are more likely to purchase from you again, whether that be another service or a product that you're offering or, you know, whatever it might be, those people are the greatest source of revenue. So if you can get to a point where you've got a good amount of people in the facility, but then you're also able to offer other services to those clients, other products to those clients to get them better results that tends to lead right into the retention piece as well. And um, there's a couple things there that I think hold people back from that. One being just not really thinking about that. It's more so just kind of always being focused on getting more people in the door. Uh, and then the other piece is the price point. So a lot of people are afraid to charge for the services that they're providing. They're afraid right. to ask for money. So that's something that, um, you know, I'd love to talk about in the sales piece, because yes. this is a business at the end of the day, we need those <laughs> memberships right. to keep the doors open. Correct. But so many personal trainers, so many coaches, so many gym owners are like kind of shy when it comes to the sales piece, like they don't want to mm -hmm. ask for, for money essentially. So what does your uh, kind of sales process look like when somebody chose interest in the facility how do you kind of walk them through yeah so we what i do is i try to do a consultation well and try to get them to the gym so mm -hmm. we can show them the value of the gym because right. we get a lot of people and it's it's very standard they're just price checking right and mm -hmm. and so my website is set up so that anybody goes in trying to set or get a price um, we don't have it on our website. It's an opportunity for us to make contact with them and, and get them into our ecosystem. And so then I, I immediately get a text message if they've requested and they put their info in. So it allows me to immediately message them and say, hey, is that, you know, is there a great, is there a good time for you to stop by? I'd love to chat with you, answer all your questions, give you a tour of the gym and really try to begin to show that value of our gym. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, and, and I think that is a fail point for a lot. And it was for us for a lot of years is just, hey, here's our price. And people are like, whoa, the, the kind of the sticker shock, you know, yes. and, and, and we know with high value price points um, and CrossFit being a little higher valued than, you know, your standard um, big box gym, mm -hmm. then, you know, people look at that and they, they kind of, whoa, I'm not ready for that. But they we have to sell them on the value of us. So we bring them in, I bring them in for uh and try to get them there do a tour um you know showing what we offer within our gym it's not just hey show up work out and um uh, and then we talk about all the things that they get with their membership and, and that process so um you know really it's it has been that learning that and being confident in our value you know like yes. you said a lot of times they're shy to ask it it's because you don't believe in your own value mm -hmm. and and that's why you're shy to ask for that yeah, you, know, you 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 see these 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 people, um, you know that are they're getting ten thousand dollars just for them to make an appearance, you know, um, or more or way more, right. you know. Yeah, and that's because they know their value. They they understand their value, and I think many gym owners and personal trainers, they they forget their value, and so that's that's the way we we approach our sales. It's like think about it from a, you know, because. I think a lot of times these, you know, coaches, myself included, I don't look at myself as a salesman and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't do sales. I'm not a yes. salesman. Well, you, <laughs> you know, you, whether you like it or not, you are a salesman. You are sell, you're selling your product and yourself. And so 
you need to be able to know that value. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's always said, you know, that, you know, Netflix is going to be its cost, whatever it is, you know, right. you don't get yes. to go barter that, that, that cost because they know the value of their product and that's mm -hmm. just the way it is. So learning that helps you in the sales side. It helps you to have that confidence that you know what you're giving them mm -hmm. and that, that, that value is actually more than what they're actually going to be paying if you're, right. oh, if yeah. you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and learning them, learning what their goals, learning that, you know, you, you're not going to be able to help everybody. I think too many times we get into it. We, we're, we're just chasing transactions, whatever I do to get somebody in the door. Right. And, and that I think leads us down a, a path that it really it leaves uh, owners in a bad position. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize you're constantly selling yourself on a daily basis. Right. When you got the one job way or another. <laughs> as a trainer or as a coach or, you know, you were selling yourself, but you yeah. just don't realize it. You just don't look at it that way. And, you know, That's it's right. kind of the same thing within the fitness industry. It's like, I never really looked at sales as sales. I looked at it as, okay, this person's coming to me with a problem. How are we going to solve it? This is correct. how we're going to solve it. And this is what it costs. That's correct. Yeah, exactly. And once you switch that mindset, it makes it so much simpler for you. Right. You're like, Hey, you know, cause that's one of the first things I ask. I'm like, Hey, what, what is it we can do for you? What's your goal? Right. Maybe we're not the place for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to get on a bodybuilding uh, stage. We're probably not the place for you. So, exactly. so maybe at that time I can, I can, I can help them by getting them to the right place, to the right people for that that's not what we specialize in right you know and so if you can learn what their their goal is then now we like you said they've got a problem and, and you're here to try to fix it and right. this is the cost to do so so yeah exactly yeah, i agree yeah and uh something that i i like to touch on with that is uh perceived value you know yes. because as a coach as a trainer as a gym owner you don't need a personal trainer you don't need a facility that's going to tell you what to do and how to do it and how to eat because you know how to do that. So to you on the value scale, it's not that valuable to you because you know how to do it. Right. Exactly. But to somebody who has never worked out in their life, has never even stepped foot into a gym, has no, I no idea how to eat to fuel their body, has no idea how to do a squat properly or what to do when they walk in a gym. The value there is huge to that. It's exactly. Right. So, so important to just keep in mind that you are not your client. You are not your <laughs> member. You know, you are not who you're looking for in your facility. So kind of keeping that in mind. And then it helps when you get really specific too about who it is that you're serving in the facility, because then Correct. you can kind of identify those things and those areas of value. And then it's easier for you to see the value for that type of person. Because um, sometimes it's really hard to get out of your own head and kind of your own views and the way that you perceive things and kind of switch things to understand it from your client or your members perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the switch that has to be made. And, and it took me a lot of years to make that switch. Yeah. Um, and getting into that mentality. And, and it goes back to the thought process of, you know, if you're trying to help everyone, you're helping no one. Yes. You, you mm -hmm. can't help everyone. It's just the reality of it. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I learned that years ago on the fire service as, as para, we were all paramedics as well. You know, if you've got five victims, you know, we've got to go with the savable. And sometimes, unfortunately, some aren't going to make it because we can't help everyone. We don't have the people available to help everyone. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same in this. Like, you can't go into it with that mindset that, oh, anybody, we've got anybody. Sometimes you've, you know, you've got to look at it and say, hey, we're, we're not the best fit for you. Right. Let me help you. And, and believe it or not, that goes a long ways with them. And, and maybe down the road, you know, they come back to you because mm-hmm. you can now help them or they start sending people your way because they're like, hey, these guys really cared enough about me to help me go somewhere else. Like, right. you know, I mean, I've sent others to either a closer gym or a gym that fits them better because that's what they specialize in. You know, and and we're not going to meet their need because the the failure becomes that once we do that, we're going to start to enter into places that that we're not. We're not going to get them the results. And now you have negative feedback. Yes. Being spoken about you and your gym. And so, you know, we we try to avoid that at all costs. So, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And that builds a certain level of trust too. Like you said, you know, it's like, they're more likely to either come back at a later date when maybe it does suit what they're looking for, or they're likely more likely to tell their friends and other people that, you know, you could better serve. So that's, that's that's a big piece of that as well. All righty. So now I want to kind of transition here into bottlenecks. Are there any bottlenecks in the business right now that you're experiencing that are kind of holding you back from reaching that next level of growth? Um, I don't know that we have some, I mean, I think we become our own bottleneck. Um, You know, it's going back and saying, and and really being very honest with yourself. Um, One, I I really try to pride myself on. I have a good team around me. I I have good coaches um, that I can lean on to say, hey, what are we not doing well? What do we need to take a look at? And what do we need to refine? Because a mentor of mine said, you know, there's a devil, uh, there's a devil at every level. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're trying to get to that 150 member mark um, this year. That's our, our goal. And so what is the devil right now that keeps us from getting there? And so we have to look at the processes. Is it a sales issue? Um, you know, we're getting plenty of people in the door. Uh, that are interested. So where, where are we missing our point? And so that's, that's really where we look at it from a bottleneck standpoint is it's, it, that's typically us. We got to kind of get out of our way from time to time. Um, and then, and really continuously refining and, and, you know, we get into this phase of, man, things are going great. You know, it's like for now, yeah, <laughs> remember right. that's for now, you know, uh, you know, talking to you earlier, you know, we have, we have these points where we've got to start to, there's going to be a, there's going to be a ceiling here. And then at that ceiling, how do we break through that ceiling to move to the next level? Right. And so, you know, right now it's, it's really focusing on, you know, like I said before, you know, keeping our thing, the thing and being good at it, um, you know, really pouring into the, the, the clients and the members and, and trying to get them those results. And, and that's tough in our industry because, you, know, you can't hold their hand all the time. And, right. and sometimes they have to take that responsibility, you know, but just making sure people are showing up. We're, we're very active in our retention plan. Uh, if you didn't show up last week, you will hear from me this week. I will message you personally and say, Hey, where you at? Where you been? You know, and, mm-hmm. and, 
and we keep up with that. We we keep very close uh, accounting of that to make sure that people aren't just kind of going away. They're we are actively engaging with them so that they feel welcome and 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 uh, accountable to their their goals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of um, making them feel like you care. You know, that's a big, a big piece of it, making sure that they're getting some of that direct attention, you know, and, and that's something that really separates smaller facilities from those big box facilities, you know, and that's what, what makes what we do so much more personalized than the service that you're getting at one of those big box facilities. And that's where that difference in price comes in as well. Because the level of service is so much higher than what you're getting at, you know, some of those larger facilities. So, um, all right. So now you kind of touched on this a little bit within that, but goals for 2022, uh, what specific goals do you have for the year ahead? Yeah. So our first goal is to, is to get to that 150 mark. That's that's our that's our 12 month goal. Um, mm-hmm. And then so like all things, you take that goal and we we want to break it down. How do we get there? We don't just set the goal and say, well, hopefully in December we're there. You know, so right. we um you know right now we're at that um you know we want to be a net positive three a month. So I want to make sure that you know I'm hanging on to the clients that I have and then I'm getting three signed on per month. Um, and so that's our goal. You know from month to month and then you know daily is just continuing that that those touch points making sure that we're getting people to the gym more and more you know if, if they're not showing up we're not able to give them the results they want for them to go tell their friends and right. so that's where we are focusing this year is just you know how do we get better as coaches that we build better relationships so that we can continue to grow at the rate that, that we want to grow and we have done that to this point, thank goodness. <laughs> so we're doing right. well, um, you know, but there's going to be the ebbs and flows. And that's the tough part with business is sometimes it's it's not all, you know, blue skies. It's, you know, there's rainy days. And so we have to be prepared for those by, you know, um, thinking about it. What can we do to to fix those as often as we can? So that 2022, that's our big goal and um, just continuing to grow. Um within the gym so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that could be one of the most challenging pieces as a business owner is kind of looking ahead and predicting kind of what's coming and putting mm-hmm. systems in place to to get there um Correct. it can be definitely challenging because if you make the wrong call then it's like <laughs> you know you're a few steps behind so um, yeah, and, and and we made this year, uh, we transitioned, one thing I wanted to add is that we transitioned, it actually starts here in a, a week or so, um, to actually commitments. So we're moving to the 12, uh, 12 month, six month, and month to month commitments um, with those price points, um, you know, getting more expensive, the, the shorter the term. And so, you know, I think a lot of CrossFits, it's a month to month thing. And that, you know, if you're trying to build a business and, and, one day, you know, maybe you hope to sell it, um, you know, if, if, if you want to retire, <laughs> um, you know, you, you need to be able to have that. And, and, and CrossFit, that's where they struggle is it's like, hey, really all you've got is four walls and some equipment. At the end of the day, um, 
if you were to come into typical CrossFit, everybody could say, hey, we're out. You lose that whole business and because they're only committed to that month. Right. And so we've we've moved to that. Now that that was some struggles because, you know, now you're you're asking uh, a change in your model uh, within your membership. So, you know, that went over well. Uh, for the most part, we didn't have a lot of pushback. Um, and we brought some prices up, um, mostly in the in the space of family discounts. Those those yeah. discounts were they were not where you were, you know, you were discounting. We were we had too much discount in there. And so right. we've changed some of that. And that's been part of this year's goals. Um, you know, I gave them basically January one, uh, the layout of how and gave them 60 days to to make their decision as best for them. And an opportunity for us to have a conversation if, if, you know, they, the, the member wanted, um, I gave them that opportunity to meet with me and we could sit down and talk. And ultimately we want to keep them, but financially sometimes, you know, I understand. Right. Yeah. If you lay things out in the right way, mm -hmm. members are typically very understanding, especially right yeah. now. Um, right. but I really like that you're transitioning to commitments because in the CrossFit space, especially when I talk to CrossFit box owners, it's always like, well, we're community-based, we're month-to-month, -month, and that's right. great. That's fantastic. But I'm always like, as the business owner, doesn't that make yeah. you want to pull your hair out? Like, exactly. I just, when, I mean, and I ran a month-to-month -month membership offering for three months and I had some people take advantage of it, but then I was like, Nope, not doing it anymore. Right. Just because it's so unreliable. Like how exactly. do you track your monthly revenue? How do you have any idea what you have coming in on a monthly basis? It's like, right. I just couldn't do it. I was like, Nope. And it's like, you want people to make the commitment to themselves, to their health, Correct. to getting the results that they're actually looking for. And we all know that you cannot get there within a month. No, you can make you some can't. changes in a month, but a lot of times the goals that people are coming to you with are not happening overnight. You know, like they're not yeah. happening in a month. And we also all know that it's something that you have to do regular, regularly to maintain those results. So right. I, it's, you know, I don't know why people are so afraid of the commitments. Right. It's like, and, and, and the funny part is, and I had some come to me and, and I'm like, are you going anywhere? You've been with us for like five years. Right. <laughs> Where are you going? Like, it's just 12 months, you know? And they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, you know, and, and, and so it's, it's more fear on your part as the owner. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to what we were talking about, your perceived value. And, and, and you think, oh, they're, they're going to, you know, believe it or not, most people they're, they're fine with it, you know, right. because, um, you know, we, we, we laid it out. We also added value. We've, we've updated a lot of our equipment. We updated the facility. Yes. You know, we wanted to show that, Hey, we're not, we're not doing this. So I can just put more money in my pocket. You know, I wanted, I want to give back to you, uh, and show you that value. But, um, you know, like you said, to bring on, you know, a full-time coach, you know, it, when I have to add one of those, I need to know that the, the money is going to be there for them because they're, they're making a commitment to us as an employee and as a coach. And if I don't know from month to month, if I'm going to be able to pay you, that, exactly. that's a problem. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but I think, I think that's where some, uh, you know, a lot of the smaller gyms and the, the CrossFit style uh, gyms have really kind of failed 
just it's you don't know what you don't know type exactly. thing and mm -hmm. and once they can get past that and you start to see that wait a minute this is a much better offering because you see a lot of gems you know oh we offer a two day we offer a three day we offer an unlimited and you're just we offer one thing we offer unlimited you know we want you there three to four days a week because the reality of it is you can create a lot of success with three to four days a week in the gym if you're if you're doing it right you're coupling it with your with with a, a decent nutrition plan it doesn't even have to be a great nutrition right. plan you will see results and see the success and so we cut out all the three-day options it's like hey you're either committed or you're not um mm -hmm. you know and and we're we it, it, it's taking some growing to get there but you know i really think that's the right direction for us moving forward so right yeah absolutely simple scales you it's, know it's absolutely yeah exactly it's, like everybody wants to overcomplicate things and offer people yeah. so many options and it doesn't have to be like that. A lot of times when you do offer so many different options, people just get overwhelmed and then it's like, oh, I have to think about it. And then they walk out the door and you never see them again, rather right. than well, this or, is what we do. This is what we've got. And you know, you're in yeah. or out essentially. That's right. And, and that's like you said, yeah, it's like, I think when you start to do that, you're, you're allowing them to put one foot in the water instead of just getting in the water. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, hey, just let's get in. I mean, just jump in the pool. Don't don't put a foot on the step. You know, right. Um, mm -hmm. And so when we start to do that, that's that's what happens. And and two for us, we found that uh, there was a big study done from um, looking through the lens of CrossFit that actually in, injury increases significantly with less than two days, uh, anything less than three days a week of exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because you're just not getting the repetition. You're not getting the mechanics in place and you're just increasing intensity. And so, you know, we don't want to offer that. We don't want to offer an opportunity for somebody to be injured. That's, that's not the business we're in. We're in to help make people more healthy, more fit. And if they're injured, that's counterproductive. So that's, that was also one of the reasons we took any of that away. It's like, Hey, we want you here three to four days a week, moving well, uh, with mechanics in place and then, you know, make you healthy. That's what right. we want. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Love that. All righty. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at uh, our, our gym is going to be CrossFit Heath. Um, and then uh, my personal one is Coach Brandon Watson. And that's both on uh, Facebook and Instagram. All righty. Perfect. All right. So Brandon from CrossFit Heath down in Texas. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for having me. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here with Chris Osorio out of Mineola, Florida with Mean Jeans Fitness. How are you doing, Chris? 
I'm doing fantastic, Jenna. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. First of all, Chris, something I want to say is thank you for coming and volunteering as tribute and joining us today. I think it says a lot about a person to, to hop on here and be able to bring value you know, to kind of talk about things that maybe aren't going great, the things that are going great. So I want to say thank you for, for joining us today. I'm happy to be on and I, I love to talk about this stuff. So this, this like, is, yeah, this will be perfect then. This is great. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, Chris, well, let's start with this. Um, let's kind of lay out the scene, paint the picture for the listeners to fully understand, you know, what got you into this industry and led you to where you're at right now, 2022. So uh, I've been in every aspect of fitness since I was a little kid. I'm 46 years old. And I, as far back as nine years old, I remember running and playing, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But I got into uh, boxing um, and Taekwondo when I was about 13. And that kind of just led me on to weight training and fencing and swimming and all kinds of of other aspects there. And uh, how I got into owning a gym and being a trainer was um fell on some hard times with a full-time job um when the economy took a dive i actually worked for the post office when that economy and everything changed for the post office i had to go into survival mode and i picked up a job as a boxing strength and conditioning coach Mm -hmm. um, within a gym called fighting arts emporium Mm -hmm. and um they actually had a couple different rooms it was a couple businesses under under one roof and one one of those businesses um, actually stopped um, I was able to move my strength and conditioning class into that spot and that's really how Mean Jeans started yeah uh, to, you know yeah. to where it's come it's, it's come a long way it's been a long road yeah that's awesome for sure so uh, remind me when the what year was that um that you left your job with the post office or you know, um we're talking o- almost 10 years ago so to 12 2012 2013 okay. i wondered if that was the kind of the the time frame that that happened but yeah. okay yeah so that's pretty cool that kind of led you here and things are growing so um one thing that so we kind of understand you better now we have an idea of where you came from what led you here so let's let's fully you know again paint the picture of the business model so the listeners can fully understand what you offer a day in the life you know what it's like being a member gotcha so my main focus well the the best way to summarize what i do is hit training so hit training is high intensity interval training um, it's pretty much a combination of things put together. And um, being that I've had this long background of martial arts and boxing, fencing, um, you know, aquatic movement, um, aerobic movement, all these different things, I actually bring all that stuff together into classes that I, that I have. I do classes four days a week. Um, and classes range from anywhere between eight to 20 people. Um, and it's always a combination all the classes. I'm really big on muscle confusion. So muscle confusion, I, I really feel is a, a good way of mm-hmm. getting quick results and, and giving people what they want, because obviously I'm not part of a big gym. So for me to keep clients I have to produce results, results yeah. um, you know what I mean? So I, I like to think that uh, 
I have a good personality and people want to be around me, but the case is I'm a trainer and people are there to, to learn and to get right. better and healthier. And yeah. that's up to me, that's up to me to lay that foundation for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that's something that I take pretty serious, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic job doing what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. And as far as, well, first of all, your personality very much so has a lot to do with the value that you bring and why people stay. But, um, you know, and even the bigger facilities have the opportunity to do what you do, uh, but they kind of sometimes can miss the mark on that because things get lost in the shuffle. But yeah. I always tell people, you know, the way to get people to, to stick around is I think muscle confusion is a great concept for sure, because I train very similar to that. Um, but also selling them into kind of their results in taking more of like a diagnostic approach with people, you know, um, if, if you don't ask somebody what they want out of their training, you never know. And you can never center your training around what the people want and what, like, what is their goal? Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's pretty cool. And that's when, uh, people will stick around when they feel like they're heard and you're helping them get to that goal. So that's pretty cool. So you're doing hit training, um, around, it can go anywhere from eight to 20 people per class. You said, yeah. And, and personal training. So, you know, you, you, you said something perfect there as, as far as the goal. And, you know, I think um, there are a lot of trainers out there that have their own kind of techniques and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish when it comes to training someone. But again, you really have to, my approach towards it is everyone's different and you've got to treat, you've got to lay that foundation differently for everybody. Exactly. And, and apply your, you know, your techniques and everything towards it, but you've got to, you, you've got to really formulate this thing to some, you know, everyone's got different, different times that they're yeah. waking up and they, you know, their, their habits and kids and things that they're working around. So I think part of building a successful thing on top, a, a successful program for someone, um, you know, besides laying down, you know, what kind of exercise need to be done that we just need to figure out times and, and, and making things doable. Yeah. Realist, realistic for somebody. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely sounds like, you know, in your business that you're, you're really honing in on bringing the value, which is huge because um, like I, I, I tell a lot of people on, on the podcast is your, your value that you bring correlates into your price points, you know, um, justifying those and, you know, certain things like that as a business owner, that if you don't have value to back up the things you're doing, people are not going to stick around. So um, cool. So let's touch on this now. Um, So the business model is you're doing primary, primarily group classes. Is that correct? Group classes is where I, I'm not, I don't advertise a lot. So my, my business card is my people. Yeah. And um, so I do a lot of classes, which ultimately gets me exposure. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Exactly. 100%. Okay, cool. Gotcha. So um, we're going to touch on that here in a second. But so how many current members do you have right now at Mean Jeans Fitness? So under under my roof, there's about 80 people that enter my facility. Um, Under my direct supervision and my programming, um, I'd say about 25 to 30 people. Okay, cool. Gotcha. So 25 to 30 people. And then so as far as your training space that's under you, what's the square footage that you have to work with? I I operate under 2000 square feet. So I just have a, a big shell 
roll up doors, just like the, a lot of the, you'll see in a lot of the CrossFit setups yeah. where you can have that open flow. We've got sure. you know, doors, big fans running, that kind of stuff. Open yeah. space, not, not tons of machines, more kettlebells, free weight things, bands, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that. That's that's very much so my style of training vibe is I love like the garage doors open, you know, dumbbell work, barbell work, free weight. That's like my thing. I love that. So, okay, cool. So 2,000 square feet. That's honestly for what you're doing. That's plenty of space to work with. People kind of sometimes think they need all this space, but that's like perfect, the perfect size. Um, so with that being said, you have 25 to 30, you know, people under you currently right now. Mm-hmm. What's the goal? Where, what are we kind of, where are we wanting to take it? Whether it's trans, I know sometimes it can translate into revenue versus, you know, members. Um, mm-hmm. But where are you wanting to go or grow? Um, well, I mean, for me, it's for me, everything is about building strength. You know, we're getting older and, you know, with every five years that we age, it's like 10% harder just to maintain um your current body weight, not losing weight. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I get older, I've, re- I've had a lot of injuries throughout my, my career. And, um, you know, when I was younger, the mind frame was, was about how I looked and, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be big muscular and, and feel strong and, you know, yep. alpha, but, you know, I'm not that way anymore. I've gotten a lot older and, you know, with all these injuries, it's been a big learning experience where now I'm trying to just really focus on health, being leaner, really have um, quality strength for, for my body type. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, right. I, I used to be 250 pounds, you know, I'm six feet, uh, 250 pounds. That's, that's pretty big. That's a lot of weight for your body to carry. Right. And with body injuries and everything now, you know, I've cut it down to about 212, which seems to be a good um for my structure good weight for my structure but it's all all about health and as we age just just maintaining strength and just being strong for i mean there's there's so much that come into play i, I you know my dynamic for my class is anywhere between you know 25 to 65 years old yeah and, um you would think that the younger people would be the stronger but you know in, in a lot of cases it's it's a big mix it seems like the older you get the more people are more focused on maintaining you know right. in, their, in their twilight years right so, right okay cool gotcha yeah so like you know out of i guess from a business standpoint my, my next question is where are we wanting to take because i'm assuming if i if i had to assume from a business standpoint you don't hate helping people and you don't help, you don't hate making more money. Right. So, um, from a business standpoint, where are you wanting to grow the membership count? You know, where are you wanting to grow, expand kind of where are you wanting to, um, cause we kind of talked pre-podcast that I know, um, guys, you know, Chris is wanting to eventually have his own building, like his own whole shebang. So I'm assuming to get there, that takes growth. So where would you like to go? So, yeah, I would, I would love to, um, you know, just like owning a house, man, you know, when you rent, you know, you're doing things for a specific reason, but ultimately, right. You want to, you want to grow and you want to have your own house. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just about, you know, when you're renting, you're, you're always under someone's, um, their, their not only not guidance, but, but rules. Right. And, and there's, there's a cap 
on on your creativity and things that you want to do and um i think having my own facility ultimately um because my my biggest advocate has always been my, my mother and my father and they've always told me you know that um if this is your passion and you know you're you're doing this you should have your own place right and you know i mean i have my own place i mean i I have my own business, but ultimately paying someone else for that building. Um, I think that's the next step for me is trying to, uh, I'm comfortable with 2000 square feet, you know, so it, yeah. it wouldn't have to be a big facility, but just to have a good property where, um, you know, because mm -hmm. right now here, here's the thing about growth. Um, cause I do, I do have other trainers that utilize my facilities that own their own businesses. And, you know, with growth comes a lot more responsibility for sure. on, you know, um, especially like now keeping people safe and, and healthy, mm -hmm. keeping your facility clean, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, the government's always got their, their hand in something. And, you know, there's a, not, there's a lot of new laws and things that you have to, uh, licenses to acquire, just, you know, showing that you're, you know, how you're dealing with the public and addressing things like COVID and, right. you know, current things like that. So, um, you know, and also, you know, cleaning up after people, you know, you, you take that from 25 people to 80 people, there's a lot more that goes into the daily functions of running that facility. Oh, absolutely. For sure. So I guess my question to you is, you know, what, I guess, what needs to happen in order for you to, to go and own your own, you know, facility? If, you know, because if it's not growth, you know, realistically, it is something you could do now. So uh, to run your own place, I think not only should you be um, a good business, a decent business person, sure. um, a good trainer yeah. and, and have some kind of business model, but you also have to have, you know, you got to have balls. You've got to be able to take a leap of faith to know that you could fail. You yeah, know what I mean? um, for sure. Because if you're doing this on your own, where does the capital come from? You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, but again, who, who's going to give you that opportunity? If you want something to happen, you got to take that, that initiative and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're doing it now and you're paying somebody rent to do it, you can own your own place. Right. You know? It's just another bill. All we do is pay bills, right? It's just another bill. You can't, um, it's funny because I always tell my people, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, mm -hmm. right? If you look at the big picture of things, um, you're not going to, you know, it can become overwhelming, but if you just go sure. little by little, by little, by little, things become the, the impossible becomes possible. For sure. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, sometimes it's, it's definitely more about small incremental steps because even in my own personal experience I, i'll look at things sometimes is the big picture and it's it's defeating so i totally agree with you on that so what i want to kind of transition into is what you are doing right now to get new faces to the door to see new people to to, to grow ultimately um it you know i know you touched on a little bit earlier uh that you're not doing any advertising but Walk me through kind of the, the word of mouth. Um, how many new faces are you seeing monthly from, you know, word of mouth referrals, that whole, the whole nine? So for me, you know, starting in, in such 
a small facility, um, I got comfortable with the amount of people that I had and the people that I was managing. And over time, you know, you become comfortable with yourself and, and what you can what you can manage. And I'm, I've always been a people person. So talking to groups has never been a big issue. Overcoming that was not because for some trainers, that's a that's an issue. You know, dealing with one on one is a lot different than dealing with one on 20. Right. So um, I think, you you know, you, you got to build to that point of, of your comfort comfortability. You know, one thing we had talked about was, you know, growing the space. You know, I think you need to operate within within your means as well. You know, I mean, because sure, could I operate in a thirty thousand uh, a thirty thousand square foot facility? I'm sure I could, but you know, the amount of space that's being utilized and and do I need all that? You know, I mean, those are things that come into play when thinking about the growth of the facility and, and how oh, to get sure. to the next step. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my question with that is, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't feel like you're probably opposed to growing. Um, so word of mouth, how many new faces is that bringing in for you monthly right now? So, um, so there, there might be months that I, I get no new faces, right? You know, um, that's the thing about word of mouth is it's, it's uncontrollable. You literally have no say in it whatsoever. You cannot speed it up. You can't slow it down. You actually can't do anything with it. It's its own entity almost is like it does its own thing, um, which can kind of make growth a little unstable. Um, you know, the, the word oh, yeah. of mouth game for sure. You know what I mean? Because as much as we would hope and pray that our members are going out to the grocery store, church, they're going wherever it may be and they're telling, we hope they're telling everybody about Mean Jeans Fitness, right? But we yeah. don't know that. Um, so you know, I just, um, I guess my next question to you is I want to keep it kind of business oriented is what, what has been the holdback from diving into paid advertising? Is it, you know, what, what does that hold back? I'm curious. So I've done, I've done the, the advertising. I mean, literally from, you know, advertising, I have not done any commercials, you know, other than, um, social media type commercials, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Um, but I've advertised in the paper, done the flyers, door to door, you know, um, going to fitness expos, that kind of stuff. And the amount that, uh, you know, if you're operating with a bunch of partners and you have capital that you can afford to waste, mm -hmm. then, I mean, if I had that kind of money, I would, I would advertise more yeah, I mean, every month, every exactly. week. Exactly. I mean, your, your return on the investment has to be worth it. And something I've noticed, especially in, in the fitness industry, um, is that doing the newspaper, not to say it's not valuable, um, doing the newspaper, going to expos, you know, whatever it may be, is almost like you're trading time for dollars in, in a sense where it's like, yeah. you're, you're not really profiting much. And I'm not saying not nobody is off of doing that but as you know the times evolve i've really noticed by being really heavily into the fitness industry that it's more of digital marketing on facebook instagram google Absolutely. wherever it may be is kind of what's i mean think about it everyone's on facebook at all times or on instagram at all times you know most people i can say for myself i can't remember the last time i probably looked at a newspaper and right. you know what i mean it will i guess you know, if you think about me, I'm, you know, about to be 24 years old. And I think 
your kind of your demographic is within that 25 to 60 range and it's like to to grow you want to be hitting people probably like myself or a little bit older you know that are gonna be swiping through facebook gonna be swiping through instagram whatever it may be um so have you had any experience with the digital marketing world as far as to, to aid in that growth which will aid in the owning your own facility absolutely i mean i'm i'm on facebook i'm on, I'm on instagram um, you know, I, I'm on YouTube and, yeah. you know, uh, I honestly think that that's where I put most of my, my effort, yeah. um, you know, because there has been way more return on the dollar for sure. you know, doing it on social media, you know, for one, um, you know, you have that warm market of, you know, I know you, and then, you know, you like something that I like that I posted and that, you know, everyone that you um, now knows sees that so you know I, I really tap into the war market I haven't really um, I have done phys, uh, fitness videos and small things from within my my group my you know my mean jeans people um, yeah. and um, I try to stay fresh with that kind of stuff and give them content because there are a lot of people that are in within my social media group that necessarily don't come to my location right. so they come there for motivation tips you know I, I will do you know how to, how to do a burpee, how to curl, you know, people yeah. don't understand like the breathing aspects of, of oh, yeah. there's so much to coaching um, that sure. you might not think about. So um, that, that's, that's kind of what I focus on. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, social media, you know, whether it's paid advertising or just anything that you're doing and posting on your own, as far as brand awareness is huge. Uh, Cause you think about it nine times out of 10, when someone, you know, sees mean jeans fitness, the first thing that they want to do is go to your Facebook page or Instagram yeah. page and they want to see what you're about. So having that presence is huge. And I think more and more people are really realizing that. Um, but it's usually the paid advertising that, that almost like, makes them go to the Instagram and Facebook. So they have to go hand in hand in some sense. Um, but okay. Yeah, cool. So something I want to touch on here is, um, right now. And I like to ask everybody this, cause I think it's super valuable for the listeners is what is a current bottleneck that you feel like you're experiencing, um, within the facility that if you could kind of move out of the way, you could keep, you know, keep growing, keep going wherever, you, you know, uh, you want to go. Uh, I think the the biggest thing that keeps, you know, that's the hardest thing about this right now is um, the rising, you know, the change in, in, in the economy, really, you know, like right now, um, rates are changed every, you know, every year, you know, every year that I don't lock in on a specific agreement, it, it just keeps going up and going up and going up and going up, which leads back to ultimately why it's important to have my own facility, have my own yeah. building. Um, because, you know, at some point, if you're not growing your clientele and you're not making, you're not pulling in more money and yet that rent is still going up, you know, that's that's the biggest part. Can you, you know, right now, could you, you know, as a trainer, could you go in and pay for your house and then pay for someone else's house at the same time? You know, that that's really, I think, um, that's, that's the biggest problem is, rising costs and you know again um th the government and the cities that they want you know more licenses and more insurance and more you know what i mean mm -hmm. to to be a little guy running a business is is extremely hard yeah it's extremely hard 
because you're competing with, you know, your only competition is the big gyms. You know, there's no way that I can compete with the big gyms as far as space, as far as machines go. Yeah, yeah. And the value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Chris, I I hear people say this a lot on the podcast is I like that exact phrase is I can't compete with the big gyms. Now, remind me, um, are you doing any sort of open membership concept at all? Or is it just private training, semi-private group? Right now, I don't have the open concept just because I'm not there all day. And again, with the, with the I don't size. Think, of- I think it's a good idea not to with your size. Um, that's why I asked is because, right. you know, you'll see a lot of people that come into this space and they, you know, get 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 square feet. And the first thing they want to do is put an open membership style in there and that's it. And then they think, okay, uh, why is it not successful? Well, you have 4,000 square feet you know, people have to pay $35 a month to use it. And then the person down the street has 30,000 square feet with the same equipment, well, more, and they're only charged $10. People yeah, are well, going to go where there's more space, more equipment. So your model makes sense for your space. And it's make, that's why it's working. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, again, you know, the nice thing about um, having a private facility is that I can control who's in there. You know what I mean? When you have that open flow, you know, you'll get all types of people in there. And not that I'm, I I want a specific type, but I just want people for one, respect the equipment because Mm -hmm. ultimately when things break, it's coming out of my pocket to replace it. It's out of of a corporation. You know what I mean? So it it affects me. It affects me personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You should very much so have a vetting process. And I think that's something a lot of people don't do is, um, I had a guy on the podcast one time and, and this will forever stick with me is he, you know, eventually he's been in the game for a long time and he had to tell himself that, <clears throat> excuse me, he had to tell himself that just because they want me doesn't mean I got to want them back at the end of the day. It sounds, sounds harsh, you know, but it's just because this person wants to work with the facility. If they don't fit the culture and the vibe, we don't have to work with them. And a lot of people and owners think that's out of their control, but if anything, it's very much so in your control to be able to pick and choose who you want to be in that culture, um, because then the culture goes to the brand awareness, to the to the word of mouth, to you growing. You know, that's it's all going to boil down to um, who's in the facility. Do they fit the vibe? You know, so. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't you know, as um, could I train everybody? Sure. But do yeah. I want to train everybody? Absolutely no. not. Right, exactly. And nor should you have to. So I think, you know, that's right. right. Okay. So let's touch on. Um, so we kind of went over the business model. We went over um, your goals, you know, where you're wanting to grow. Um, and then as far as, you know, getting your own facility one day. So we have your own facility now, but owning your own. Uh, what do we think the timeline on that is? Like, you know, if that's kind of stirring in your brain right now. When are you wanting to achieve that? So at this point, I, I'm mentally there. I'm, I'm ready. I've been ready for a couple of years, mm-hmm. probably the last four years. Um, and honestly, that, that security for me has honestly come from my, my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've had people that have been with me from the beginning, which is um, for a trainer's heart to, to keep people that aren't on a current rotation. You know what I mean? I have people that have followed me from facility to facility. Yeah. So I know, I know that what I'm doing, what I'm offering 
it has value for a specific amount of people, which allows me to operate within a specific amount of space. And um, right. gives me, it also gives me the confidence to know like, okay, go ahead and take this step. These people are going to come with you because when you're a trainer and you leave, you leave houses, not everybody follows, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's where everything is, is kind of led to right now. Mentally I'm there. And I mean, I'm always looking at, I do have a, an agent that I have that is always sending me listings on properties and, you know, when the right one comes along, I'll snag it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as far as, you know, you right now you're operating with 25 to 30 clients. Um, and now do you have any other trainers taking on a client load with you? Uh, yeah, I've actually, um, I've got Phil, Phil's a great guy, Phil Green, nice. and, and he's got a, a cross training, cross fit group. And he's in there with me and, you know, I've got Dan in there and Dan's doing her keto. So, um, you know, back to what the business model of, of, of what, how I started and how I operate right now is back to, you know, I work with people who really don't, I'm not really in direct competition with, we're all fitness related in some way, but um, I don't, I don't do CrossFit and I don't, yeah. I don't teach martial arts, although I have martial arts background and I'm sure I, I can, I can teach powerlifting and stuff like that, but I'm not certified for those things or I really don't focus on those things. So, right. um, so yeah, I do have, um, and that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest part of getting myself, my business bigger is getting trainers in there because you can get trainers in there but when you bring trainers in there that are business people that already have existing groups that's that's where there's um, so much more opportunity for you so i do have yeah. two other business owners within my facility that run their own groups and have you know their own yeah own goals all that stuff i'm really just providing the space and giving them the time for sure. So when you eventually plan to go and, you know, own your own building, will they come along with you or will it just be you from that point forward? Oh, I would love, you know, the guys that I got with me, I, I would love it if they came with me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard. Um, cause I've had other trainers, um, you know, that I've worked with or that have, you know, worked under me or that I've worked under in their house and, um, you know, there can be clashes on, you know, goals yeah, and absolutely. things that you want to do and days you maybe want to be open, but the time isn't there for you. So, and I mean, it's, it's a hard balance, you know, yeah. but I think, um, you know, getting people that you can work with and that are, um, that you can have open dialogue with, with because you're going to have disagreements, you're, you're different, oh, yeah. different businesses. Um, but, you know, if you have people that you can really get along with and, and be able to communicate with. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the biggest things for me is I've always operated on my own. So um, sharing my feelings on things that, that bother me and like, hey, look, like I have a, uh, a code of just keeping things clean. I want my facility yeah. clean where anyone walks in. It's always ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's not it's not easy to get people with the same standards. Right. You have. No, it's, you, it's, you know, it's right now I do. I would love for these guys to come with me, you know, but again, you've yeah. got to make it feasible. For yeah. people because a lot of these big gyms and you know they want more money the more you bring in they want more money yeah so 
Um, you know, and I'm just not that way because I, I love what I do. And right. you know, I've been blessed enough to, to get to the level that I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, for 10 years, a small gym, you know, that's, that's, it's not easy. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, even in the, in the, well, any industry, I think sometimes there can be confusion of because an owner or a business owner wants more money that they're not passionate, which I don't necessarily agree with. And I think the reason I don't is because my thought process behind it is if you're able to grow, if you're able to make more money, then you're ultimately able to one, help more people, but two, um, you're able to put more back into the facility, which ultimately adds to that value. Right. You know, so you know, you think about it, some people are like, oh, no, it's not about the money. Well, it's like in a certain way, it almost has to be. If not, then you're probably not doing your your members or clients the justice they probably deserve. So it's kind of all about like, how can I put back in the facility, make it better, you know, grow, expand, evolve, you know? And well, the reason I asked about um, what do you think that they'll come with you is just because I know that they're, they're technically two separate businesses. And do you want this new space to be just mean jeans fitness, like its own whole brand? So I'm just picking your brain on that a little bit. You know, that is such a good question, you know, mm-hmm. because again, when, when I started, I operated, I was able to, to grow mean jeans fitness under fighting arts emporium. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I think that I think that everyone always has their own little flair to what they do, and I would never yeah. want to take that away from anybody. Right. So I, I like that. You know that I have. Um, you know, I have these groups that have their own names and their own identities, um, yeah. because I think it's part of part of your um, an extension of your personality. Mm-hmm. So you know, people people in my area when they here mean jeans they're either like me or they don't because they've either they know nothing about me or they've been through because i'm not it hit training is not exactly easy you don't yeah. go, and you're not going to come into my facility and just you work at your pace you're operating under guidance so um the level of of um the level that i operate on a, on a physical level is also not everybody can keep up you know mm-hmm. so yeah. you know it, it, again it goes back to you know, you can, what is it? You've got a, the old saying, you've got to crack a couple eggs before you can make an omelet, right? So right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely, um, you got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be afraid to take risks and you've got to be able to to work with people to make things work. And, you know, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. Ultimately, it's coming out of your comfort zone, um, yeah. you know, to make things okay. grow. And, so. mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, Chris. Well, we are kind of kind of nearing the the end of our time here. And what I would like for you to do today um, is there's two things that I want you to do is one, you know, any piece of advice or any words of wisdom that you can give to someone that wants to be in your shoes. Um, And then also let us know where people can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So first advice to any trainers that, you know, you, if you have um, the ask, you know, the aspirations to, to own your own place, um, you know, build your clientele, treat people good. That way people will want, first of all, want to be around you. You know, when you meet trainers, be open-minded to learning other aspects and because it's only going to make you a better trainer. And I think the more you open yourself up, 
the better you're going to be as a trainer. And, um, but you've got to have some kind of business sense. If you don't have any kind of business sense, get with someone or pay attention to someone who is succeeding and doing and follow what they're doing. Just follow what they're doing. And the yep. worst thing to do is not ask or reach. Always yep. look, always le look for resources. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, what was the last question? Um, where people can find you on social oh, media. Definitely, absolutely, <laughs> well, definitely. Mean Jeans, <laughs> on meanjeansfitness.org. And that's jeans as in genetics. So all one word, meanjeansfitness.org is the website. I'm on social media as Mean Jeans Fitness, um, Instagram, Facebook group. Um, phone number is 352-223-5008. I'm always open for consultations and I do coach online as well. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, again, it's Chris Osorio out of Mineola, Florida with Mean Jeans Fitness. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Jenna. Have a great day. Some awesome. And Gym Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, like and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, of course, please fill out the application form below. We would love to have you. Again, guys, one last time, it's Chris Osorio out of Mineola, Florida with Mean Jeans Fitness. And Gym Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm here with my guest today, Sarge from Sarge Athletics in Imesville, Maryland. How are you doing today, sir? I am awesome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I can't wait to hear about you. You got you've done a lot of things in the industry. So let's start with where you are now. Tell us about Sarge Athletics, what it is in a nutshell, and then we'll we'll get into all of the fun details. Um, Sarge Athletics, um, in essence, what we do is we change the story. So what do I mean by that? Um, changing the story means that I'll get a parent will call me and say. Johnny is 13. He hasn't grown much in his, he's on the soccer team and the other kids are bigger and he's getting pushed around and his confidence is starting to hurt. So that's where we change the story. So I listen to the parents and I ask what they want to accomplish and find out what their pain points are. Then I talk about how we change that story. Um, and so in essence, that's our purpose, our, our why. Our purpose or why is building confidence 
in the human spirit, whether it's with an adult that's 70 years old or it's a 12-year-old kid who's trying to um, uh, get ready for a sports team or isn't playing sports at all or sat around too much during COVID. <clears throat> that's our why, our purpose, our how is sport and where what we do is with, with sports performance training for the kids and with the adults, it's adult functional training with a twist of sports performance. Awesome. Awesome. So you have sort of a reverse engineer approach to where you're, you have people come in and you're really working on the psyche and getting physical transformations that come with that more than looking at it the other way. Correct. Yeah. The connection between the coach, it's nothing about our facility. Facility is 15,000 square feet. It's a warehouse. It's five, five gigantic bay doors, which came in very handy during COVID, by the way. Um, but yeah, they come in handy all the time. But COVID, it was definitely the help. But really, it's about the connection of the coach to the client. If you go to a traditional gym, they're going to show you all the treadmills, all the machines, and the class schedule that they have in the nice locker rooms and in the showers and the smoothie bar. We are the exact opposite of that. We don't. We have some of some of those things, but not many. Ours is really about taking that kid or that adult that's not feeling good about themselves and make them feel badass again. Ultimately, that's where in the I'm in the badass business. Nice, nice. And if you if you feel that and you have that confidence and start to act as if. Right. Physical changes that people think they're looking for, right. those follow suit, but it's it's not cart before the horse. Yeah, correct. I mean, I'll tell a, I'll tell a parent, I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, when your son comes home and he makes a muscle for you to his mom, then you know it's it's happening. It's in about two weeks, he'll start to make muscles for mom, and then you know the switch is flipped. But they the parents start to see it when the kid is cowering on the field or the kid is not holding back on the field or the woman is you know um gained weight and she can't fit into the pants she wants to wear whatever it is and then with the kid is they start to get more confident the other opponent sees that and they sense it and they start to back down I mean, you can see it probably the easiest visually is in boxing or mma you can see that but in on the sport, you can see it as well, especially in soccer, where not everybody kid is at the highest level. And there's a couple of kids that are and they, they, they start to see. It. So when a parent sees their kids stand a little taller and a little bit of arm muscle and a little bit of jack on their thighs going up against another kid, then the parent says, aha, I get it. That's what I wanted. So that's that's exciting to me that I get more excited about that than some kid getting a Div division one uh, scholarship. But we get that, too. And it's cool. But I prefer the, the confident kid. Absolutely. So you really, your, your biggest why in the business that drives it forward and lets you provide what you do is the satisfaction of seeing somebody's, somebody flip the switch, somebody have that swagger, the, the confidence. It's, it's not anything about how many members you can have or how many, how many people you can put in a magazine. It's how many times does somebody look you in the eye and whether they say it or you just see it, you know that you changed their life. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you, you get to see it because we're in a coaching setting and there's, any, there's no headphones, there's no mirrors. We don't have mirrors in our facility. And we don't, I don't want mirrors for two reasons. Number one, they break. And then number two, um, they, they, everybody's got their eyes in the mirrors and the coach doesn't put his eyes on the client. And then we don't wear headphones. We don't allow headphones because I can't coach someone when they're wearing headphones. So it's all about that connection to the client, whether it's an adult, like I said, a 50, 70 year old, whatever it is, or it's a kid, we, we have to connect to them and, and make them feel special for that day and not have to think much 
but come in and work a little harder than they would do on their own and work smarter on their own because our programming, we, our, we program out 90 days. So we program way out long cycling program so that we can really make a, make an impact on them, both in the short term and in the long term. Fantastic. So you have a strong sense of exactly who you are, the identity of yourself as a coach, the business, every, every aspect seems very nailed down. And that is something that really can only come from experience, trial and error, education. So reverse us a little bit in time or a lot in time. And if you can give us an idea of how you ended up here and, you know, I've been on this journey of figuring this out so that you can be so solid in what you are. Well, thank you. Um, there was a couple of compliments in there. I don't know if I deserve them, but I'll take them. Um, <laughs> The, the journey started long ago. Uh, I've been in the industry quite a while. I've never gone the traditional route. I've never owned a traditional gym ever. Um, and uh, so I, I've always kind of come at it from an opposite approach for a number of reasons. I guess I'm an outlier by, by nature and I didn't have any money. Um, so then, and I certainly had nothing to go to a bank to leverage against. Uh, so I started in 1989 when I got out of the Navy, a buddy of mine and I were instructors for a company called the Sergeant's Program. And the Sergeant's Program was a failing um, outdoor physical fitness boot camp program. And it was the first one ever in the country. It was started in 1982 by a guy by the name of Grant Stockdale and Paul Davis in Washington, D.C. And they just were a couple. Um, one guy was acting as if he was a client. One was acting as if he was a drill instructor. And they did hardcore outdoor PT, rain or shine did not matter. And it was it was only men, men were the only ones allowed. There's no women, it sat on the brochure. Um, no, do, no music, no dancing, no mirrors, no machines, no juice bars, no crybabies, no refunds and no girls. We changed a lot, <laughs> um, but that was what it was. And it was a real hardcore outdoor boot camp, and we did them outdoors all year round, um, 12 months a year in the Washington DC area. Um, winters get a little rough, the rest of the year isn't too bad. And um, I didn't have any money, but I, I, I loved teaching the outdoor fitness because I had just gotten out of the Navy and I was, you know, kept myself in very good shape while I was in the military. And um, so then I approached the owners that, whose names I mentioned and I said, hey, I want to buy this thing from you. You guys don't do anything to help support this company. I'm showing up to this park every day and I never even see you guys. So let me. So I stroked them a check for 500 bucks and um, they sold me the rights to the company. And, um, you know, what I got for that was a guilt free conscience. And that I wasn't going to try and do it on my own because there was no barrier of entry. I could have easily done it on my own. Um, and some old brochures with the wrong address on them. So I really didn't get a lot, but I did get a cool name and, um, and a guilt-free conscience, which was important to me. So I started that and it really took off like crazy. And the media really thought that we were maniacs and screaming obscenities and humiliating people. We really weren't. But the media ate it to pieces and I had, I mean, I've been interviewed everywhere you can possibly think of internationally, nationally. One time the uh, German media sent out, um, which was, would be in Germany considered their version of CNN to do a story on me. At the same time, the other network from Germany were at there in the same location, same day. And I thought I was talking to the same group because they referred to themselves as German TV. So, I mean, I had two international groups videoing us at once. So anyways, in the mid-90s, the, uh, the Washington posted a story on this crazy guy in Washington, D.C., and I had about a dozen locations at that time where I was running it with 12 other instructors, and they went nuts with it. The story ran, had hit the front page of, I think, the lifestyle section or something like that, and 
Next thing you know, we had all this international media. I was able to write a book. Simon Schuster contracted us to write a book. Ended up having about 25 sites around the Washington, D.C. area. I think six in Philly and six in Chicago. And then um, in 2009, um, I saw what was happening with kids. They were sitting all the time. They were playing on Xbox and Game, Game Boys. My own kids were um, active, but they were also falling into that trap. So I started to uh, look closer at sports performance. I sold my interest in that old company company called the Sergeant's Program. And then here we are today. And that brought you to 2010? Yes, about 20, this process started um, doing the sale. And somewhere around 2010, 2011, um, that sale was complete and I had already started Sarge Athletics. Gotcha. And you're in 15,000 square feet with, let's just split the middle and say anywhere around 300 clients at any given time, depending on seasonality. How long did it take to get there? Has it been multiple locations, multiple you know, moves, or did you just know this is going to be the hill I die on? I'm going to get it and I'm going to defend it and I'm going to grow it. And that's it. Like, how did you, how did you end up there? I love that statement. I'm probably going to steal it, but I would never say this is where I'm going to die. Um, but I definitely, I'm quite territorial and um, competitive. Um, although I don't want my competitors to go out of business. I do. I do like when somebody's at the other end of the rope, pulling a little tug of war, no one wants to play tug of war with somebody's not going to pull. So I think competitors or rivals, we're going to call them are actually a good thing and they keep our pencils sharp. They're not a bad thing. So um, to answer the question, when we first opened up here, I couldn't afford anything. I couldn't even afford the rent. And it was two bay doors, which is giant bay doors. You can drive a track trail through. And it was just this bay with walls on each side. It was 3,500 square feet. So I went to the landlord. I gave him a check. He fortunately did not deposit it. And um, and I took over the space. And I just um, I went to several sports organizations i said you guys don't have any place for your kids to go during the winter i got the perfect place it's 3500 square feet and it's a big square box of turf and i got them all to give me enough money to pay for the turf and the equipment and um uh and a new laptop <laughs> so that's how i got started and then what happened a year later we were growing like crazy because there was nothing for kids to do in these you know new sprawling communities um, and the adult side was growing as well, but the kid side was really growing. And so um, the neighbor next door, they moved out and the landlord made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went from 3,500 to about 9,500, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe about 10, 5, 11, let's just say 11,000 square feet. And then um, we were really growing well. And then there was another bay on the other side of us came open and I was afraid I didn't need it, but I was afraid who the landlord would put there whether it was a company that had, you know, um, let's say spray painting, car, spray painting car or painting cars and I had to deal with smell, or let's say it was a, a marijuana distillery or, or a dispensary where I had to deal with the traffic issues or any stigma that might go with that. So I blocked that um, lease to somebody else and I made, the landlord also made me another deal I couldn't refuse. And so I took that space, which ended up coming out to just shy of 15,000. So that's, that's that's quite the progression there for sure, and a couple of a couple of twists and turns, as is always yeah. the case, right? So yeah, but I'm, I'm fortunate to bring up your point earlier. I'm fortunate I didn't have to physically move to a new site to accommodate our growth. This site is perfect, 
when we first moved in, um, it, our building looks like a firehouse. So the, for, for all you folks that are listening out there, if you looked at a fire station with a big giant doors with a big parking lot, that's what we look like. So you drive by, you think you're looking at a fire station. Um, it's not, never was, but it looks like that. So it's got that big, that feel, that feel and all the bay doors are just, just gigantic with an office at one end. Um, and then, so we, we want, we needed the space and we have a lot of room to run around in the parking lot. So we're real lucky, but we're right on the main road and we have an easy name, Sarge Athletics. So what do people call it? Sarge. So we have a very easy name, but we have a good location. It wasn't always an easy um, location because people, as the, the suburbs started to sprawl, then the population started to notice us, but initially they didn't. So now they know who we are, but it's taken, you know, 10, 11 years to really get that and uh, that type of um, momentum and uh, awareness. And that's hard building brand awareness that that's it, systems and brand awareness to me are the hardest things to do. Absolutely. And you're, you're not alone in those thoughts. I have these conversations, you know, five, six, seven times a day and, and always those things come up. And actually that was what I was going to ask you next is, you know, you, you've, got in early on an area that's been expanding and keeps expanding and is eventually probably, you know, Baltimore, Washington, Frederick is at some point just going to look like a big metropolis on the map more than it already is. But, you know, a smart real estate choice, you know, whether you knew what was coming down the line or not has to have contributed to your growth. But what else? Have you ever taken, you know, a hardcore, you know, paid advertising stance, a hand-to-hand -hand guerrilla marketing, like, what things did you would you say have been the biggest contributors to getting where you are now? So you're in a position where a lot of our listeners would like to be. Um, well, you know, it's never ending. Um, I would say that uh, I, I won't give too much advice, and hopefully there's some advice within what I'm was saying, and maybe something I say adds value to at least one person. I would say that um, I, I I hired great coaches that are, are let me rephrase, I hired great coaches that are great that are great people. And I think that really helps a lot so that when people come in, they get a feel in the sense. And one way to find one way to almost always guarantee, not guarantee, but one good trick on that is try to hire a coach or a person. I, we call them coaches. You might call them personal trainers. Um, is someone who's actually coached a sport before because they know how to deal with like school teachers. They can deal with multiple personalities at one time. They can deal with the, the tougher ones and the defiant ones and the easy ones, the overachievers. They, they know how to deal with multiple personalities at once. So hiring amazing coaches is really key and then finding ways to keep them. That's number one. So some of the other fun subtleties, I happen to be fortunate. I have a very easy name, but it didn't make sense until people figured it out because they didn't know if we sold clothing here or what. Sarge, like, but they did, they can remember the name Sarge. And that is my nickname, even though I wasn't one in the Navy, I was actually a petty officer. I got the nickname afterwards. Um, but so that helps a lot. Having a very easy name, proof of concept is not easy. Um, I would say that I, for the last 12 years, I've driven a Ford Mustang and I put my logo on it. I had it professionally done and it looks very nice. And I protected the brand. That's another thing. My name is on the building. We have a big um, neon sign that helps. I have a big sign out at the road that helps. For years, we did grass signs. Um, that helps and hurts because if you get a knucklehead teenager that puts them in the wrong place or puts all your grass signs out in one yard, that pisses off the neighbors. So, you know, that stuff you deal with um, or the wind comes and blows them down the road, that 
is the downside about grass signs or some people don't like them or the county finds you. So those are the edgier things. Um, we've done some marketing, internet-based marketing campaigns. Those are helpful and not, but if you're not prepared for the volume you're going to get, you're going to piss off your existing members. So there is some preparation that helps, you know, when all of a sudden you got 40 new people and the class is usually 12 people. And all of a sudden another class is 30 or 40, you know, you, your existing members get pissed. So there's a lot of trial and error that you have to do to, um, to get there. But I would say we've probably done the least amount of traditional marketing than most. But tried, dipped your toes into it, saw what it came, what it brought, uh, found what you liked and what you didn't like, and you've done enough different things to keep what you, what you found that worked and kind of throw away the rest or maybe not throw it away, maybe put it on the shelf, you know, like the old uh, break glass in case of emergency. Like if it's there and you know that other things are there, but it's not, it's not the main way that you want to bring people into your door. You, you know, one of the things, the, the two hardest things to do as a new business, and if you're a business owner, you'll recognize quickly, especially for me, because I came into something where the proof of concept was very difficult because well, my father would have killed me if I went home and said, dad, I need 40 bucks a month or 400 bucks a month to join this place. It's going to make me better at sports. You know, he's going to say, take the shovel, go dig two more holes in the backyard. And those days don't exist anymore. Kids don't play. They don't play outdoors. They play sports only. So proof of concept is, was very difficult and it still is. And, and it still is because parents think that what we do is like a, a clinic where they kid come in and learns a skill and leaves. no, Fitness leaves you very fast, and it's no different for a kid than it is an adult. So proof of concept is number one, and that's something you always are refining. And then the second thing I would say to any business owner that's out there is find processes that already exist with other organizations or entities they can bring into your business that help, whether it's a nutrition program, a marketing program, um, something that has processes that you don't have to take 10 years to try to invent yourself because it's a bear to do and it's expensive. You might pay a little more for these processes up front, but you're going to reap the rewards down the road in a big way. So that's the processes are probably um, the hardest uh, part, maybe even not the hardest, but it's just as hard as brand awareness or proof of concept, excuse me. Yeah, and, and now that you have these, a lot of these things in place and, and feel like, you know, the, the machine is, is not self-sustaining, but you're not building it so much as tending it, it seems at this point and, and making sure that you nurture it. Um, you know, what's that? That's a good description. So do you feel like you have the best people coming to your door, raising their hand saying, Hey, I'm interested. I want to train with you. I'm looking for this transformation that I, I think I can get here. And, and how does that translate to your sales process? If it is, a, if you feel that it's a sale at all, because in some instances it doesn't. So I'm interested in your take on that. Uh, that's a great question. Um, and I think number one, that um, small business owners, no different than myself, is that you have to control the process from the get-go, from the conversation. You have to control it without letting the customer know that they're being controlled. And so what I do is I, I'm personally still mad because we're small. We're not big. We're not at 5,000 or 10,000 people. I don't have five salespeople on the floor. We don't do that kind of volume for my particular unit. I don't want to do that. That's not where I want. I want to be connecting. Um, so I 
I'll talk to each and every person that's going to become a potential member. And I'll, the first thing I'll say to them, and this helps us the most, is I'll let them describe what they're dealing with, um, whether it's an, a parent dealing with something with a kid. And then I'll add a little fuel to the fire by asking, I want to get them, I don't want to say in pain, but I want to know what's driving them to commit more time and more money to something new. So we'll call it for sake of today, pain. So I want to find out where that pain point is. And then I want to really see how painful it really is. So I'll ask questions within that. So the, the conversation might look like this. Hi, yeah, my daughter, Susie, she's, uh, she's going to play U13 soccer. She's a little down in size or she's, you know, some of the other girls got really good and she didn't. She used to be the best of the team. Now I see your confidence. I'll say, okay, tell me more about that. And the mothers will go on all day and they'll tell you everything. Men, they won't tell you so much. They'll be very direct, blunt. And you don't ask a man a lot of questions about pain because you will see him get off the phone with you very fast. So if it's a mom, which it usually is, I'll start asking more questions. Well, tell me what is, is she, is she having a rough season? Is this something you're seeing? Is she crying? Is she, is it affecting her in school? And then the mother will go on and tell me more and more and more. Then I start to change the story. As I said to you in the opening um, part of my monologue here, um, I said, let's, let's look at this. Now I know the story. Now let's change it. And that's what we're going to do. So that's our job. And so I'll, I'll, so, and then if the person starts to get a little, it's starting to grab me by the nose rings, acting like a team mom. I'll say to them, these, these words are the best words I've ever learned. Okay, that's great, Susan. This is how our process works. They say, okay, and they listen. Those words are the most powerful words I could ever use to anybody who, who's handling membership sales or, or you know, an owner of a business. That's, this is how our process works. And then I tell them, first come in for an evaluation, blah, 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 blah. So I probably skirted all around your question, but hopefully I gave you a, a long answer that maybe triggers something for someone. Absolutely. And I think there's, uh, you know, there's conversations we can have that are more tactical in black and white. And then there are, there are more big picture stuff. And I think either one can be equally helpful. And I think that was, that that's super useful. I think, and if, uh, if you just listen to this and you don't think you got something from it, rewind it about two and a half minutes and listen again uh, with your ears open because there's there's a lot in there. So it's there is a, about a million different ways. There are you know different ways that you can look at a sale or a consultation or an assessment. Um, but if you're not coming in trying to figure out this is the best way I can put somebody in a position to want help so that I can do what I do best, which is to give them what they might not even know they need yet, right. then you just, you have to think about it that way, uh, other than just what tricks am I going to use on you to get you to give me a credit card? Yes, correct. It, you, another great comment. Um, in, in, since we're sharing some, some very high end, but deep stuff, our enemy is not I mean, yeah, of course, my instructor can make a mistake or say something stupid, the music sucks or whatever. But my enemy is not that stuff. My enemy is actually the next shiny object. That's my enemy. What's going to distract once that client or that parent, whatever, thinks that their kid's doing well and then another shiny object comes in. Okay, there's going to be a clinic over here for six weeks. And we can't go to Sarge anymore, so we'll go to this clinic and then we'll just cancel it all together. And that has to be addressed up front. And that's, that's the frank conversation about Let's talk about changing the story here. 
what is how are we going to change the story meaning how are we change the future when i say the story it's just a cute way of saying how are we going to change the future but let's be real about it and that having that conversation up front about the next shiny object is very important because especially if you're dealing with kids because it happens you're dealing with adults then you gotta you really gotta engage them to keep coming our place is probably a little different our, our adults are pretty well engaged already um, you know, they're paying a pretty sweet penny to come to this place. I mean, they're anywhere from 140 to 190 bucks a month. So they're paying a good, a good monthly chunk already. But with the kids, it's shiny objects and parents are used to spending tons of more money than we charge for kids. So you have to have the conversation up front if, about the next shiny object, the next distraction, six weeks, six months. Because the bottom line, just as a side note, getting tactical now in sports performance a kid loses 50% of their gains by the third week in season if they're not training in season. So that means Johnny comes in here all summer long and he busts his butt to get ready for football season. And he picks up his, gets his deadlift up, he gets his bench up and he gets all these numbers up and his 40 time down, all that stuff. And all of a sudden he goes to football and all they do in football is win sprints and flutter kicks and pushups. And then they do tactical. Then they do tactical skills and drills. By the third week, 50% of all the gains he made are gone. And that's not my stat. That's an industry stat. So that's scary. So that's the that's the shiny object that you got to talk to the parent about. The shiny object in that example is a busy kid. He can't come in. Yes, he can. He can come in once a week. He can come in every other week. We got to do something to keep him going. And there are going to be seasons when we're coming in, hitting it hard, and seasons when we're not. And that's that's the conversation that has to happen with on the sports performance side or on the adult fitness side because the adult fitness side, i got two clients sitting in my parking lot right now as i walked in the door to do this podcast and the girl she's 24 years old she's leaving for army um uh, what's called bullock training which is officers training and her and her aunt who pays for her membership and the girl's mother died and she was at the funeral yesterday and the woman that's with her is her aunt so it's her sister died okay they're in here today that's a shiny object. It's a, it's a ter terrible one, but that's, that's a distraction. And they could, could have stayed home and st pulled out four bottles of wine and four pizzas and drowned them as their sorrows. And I wouldn't blame them if they did. But instead, they said, no, we stay the course. And we come in and we work. And I went out there. I went to the funeral yesterday. I went and hugged them this morning. And I had to come in here and, and talk to you. But those are the shiny objects that happen in life. And we have to talk about that up front. Sorry, I get passionate. Never, ever apologize for passion. And that's, if that's not what gets people and keeps them in this industry and in the space that, you know, that I've been in, that you're in, if you want to call it a, a micro gym space, right? Something that's not a 10, you know, or 100,000 square foot LA fitness. Like if you're in that personal relationship space, right? The high touch real coaching industry if there's no passion behind it you don't last 20 plus years like you have right or what are you talking 30 years yeah you gotta, you gotta care right you can't you can fake it for a little while but eventually you know you run out of people to bullshit if i can be frank right yeah. so you yeah it's definitely not about the facility it's definitely about you know the heart and soul and if it's not seen and that where that's where it comes back to. I might set the tone, I might set the image, and I might set the the colors and all that. But it's all really about your staff and your team and making sure they feel that passion and hiring the right ones. And we've hired some people that were great people and interviewed very well. And then we found out other stuff that wasn't consistent with our values. And ours is even harder because we train children. So I mean, you're going to bring your fifth grade daughter here. So. I, 
I can't hire somebody that's really smart and really good looking and got all the muscles, but has behaviors outside of here that are not consistent with good parenting values. I can't, I've had to let people go that I really cared for. I had one person, I won't go into too many details, was a phenomenal coach. I gave her her review a week before and it was outstanding. I had to let her go because of behaviors that took place out here that was very well known to the public that I did not know. And I had to let her go and it broke my heart, but I had to because it was so inconsistent with the values, family values that we have here. And it, it sucked. And, and that's, a, that's a really hard decision, but it is what it is. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a, a book called, I think it's just called Hard Conversations. It's been a while since I read it, where tough conversations about things like that and who, yeah. who you're making the choice for, right? Yeah. I think I read tough, the same book years ago, Tough Conversation, I think it's the title. It's, it's tough on you because you don't want to be that person, but right. it's tougher on everything else you've built if you don't do it. So you want all the good news. Right. Yeah. Everybody loves that for sure. So we've covered a lot of the background as much as the the format allows and where you are now. And I think everybody listening should have a a solid understanding of how much it's not about how many battle ropes you have or kettlebells or whatever. And at least for where you are in the, in the business, uh, where are you going? What's the future look like? What do you want? Are you, is it maintenance? You know, because with fitness, sometimes you get to a point and it's maintenance and that's something a lot of people can understand or is it, is it growth? And if so, is it personal growth, entrepreneurial growth, revenue growth, but where, where are things going in your plans? Um, great question. And the only thing it's not is maintenance. So no. Um, it is not maintenance. Um, it, it'd be kind of cool if it was. I'd probably get bored with it, to be quite honest with you. I get bored very easily. I'd probably take too many naps. Um, no, we're opening multiple sites um, um, on the eastern shore from here. So those of you guys that are unfamiliar, we're in central Maryland, um, just north of Washington, D.C. And then east of us by an hour and a half is there's a series, there's the ocean, obviously. And there's some um, the same type of client that's here economically in education has moved there due to different lifestyle, post-COVID and all that stuff. So we're going to open up sites there. It's going to be more adult functional fitness side with a slight dash of sports performance, heavy in nutrition coaching, very heavy, and um, less with the youth because youth isn't there. And this will continue to stay open and operate by my team. I'll obviously be quite involved and be traveling quite a bit, but um, I'll have those sites and I'll... um, tell you more about those locations once one or two of them open because I don't want to I have some really unique stuff that we're going to be doing that's not necessarily secrets but just a little unique that once it's open up up, I'll talk more about it perfect perfect I look forward to hearing that Uh, we we are coming close to uh to being up on our time today but before before we are officially done um and now that you've really piqued my curiosity um You've been in this game a long time. You've seen a lot of things. I'm going to guess you're a pretty straightforward guy. Probably made a lot of mistakes, but learned from them, right? And done a lot of things that worked well and you've adopted. So I don't know if you could ever say you could go back to the beginning because that's a long time. But anywhere along your path, if you think that there's one, one lesson you learned, one piece of advice you could give yourself, what do you think that that would be the, the biggest game changer? 
So you told the audience to open up their ears and rewind. So this is the one I really want all the owners to listen to. And again, I am no amazing knowledge source. I am not, I'm, I'm a millionaire as a father. I am not a millionaire in the bank. So my wife and I are billionaires as parents, but in the bank we're thousandaires. So I am by no means the best money guy in the business. I don't have huge facilities, but I will tell you this. If you're a business owner or you're going to be, don't take on a partner to do something you can hire someone to do. So what do I mean by that? It's very, so all relationships start with honeymoon expectations, including this one with you and me. You want, wow, I want a great podcast. This guy's all energetic. He's going to talk about all this crazy stuff. But all relationships start with honeymoon expectations. They don't always end up that way. So what do I mean? I took on a partner and I'm not going to shoot the partner down because I also was at fault. Um, but it was the wrong person for the wrong reason. So this person, I'll give you a, a real tactical example, brought the partner in, gave that in the, in the deal for a small amount of cash and a lot of resources. So I got a little bit of cash for the person to buy in, but they got a lot of resources. Me, you know, administrative staff, um, offices, copy machines, phone machines, when you needed all that crap, you don't need it anymore. Now you need a laptop, you can run a business out of a Starbucks. So I, I got a partner that brought in a little bit of cash and a lot of resources, and I gave up almost half of my company. And in return, he says, okay, we got to hire somebody to run the company. And I'm like, on the business op, on the business side, I was more sales ops. This was me in the financial side. And dumb me gets all excited because the, the this new opportunity, we're gonna make tons of money, that's new partner, look at me, I'm smart now, I got this thing called a partner. I said, yes. And we paid that person $80,000 a year to do something my partner should have been doing. And it didn't even dawn on me. And I sold ha almost half of my company for that. He's not a bad man. I'm not shooting him down. I'm just trying to say, if you can hire somebody to do a job that you would normally get a part, you would thinking you're getting a partner to do, don't get a partner. Do it. Do as much of it yourself as you can and hire it out and then find somebody that has a skill set that you don't have that complements the needs that you do. So maybe it's the book, the books, maybe it's sales, maybe it's collections, maybe it's whatever. That would be my advice. So don't hire, don't get a partner to do something you'd hire out to do. And I learned the hard way. I, I'd say that uh, <laughs> I've heard that story once or twice and I'm sorry that you had to go through it, but you're out on the other side yeah. and- Fine, I survived. It's, uh, you threw in a little more than we normally get because a lot of people, throw the, well, they'll throw the, uh, you know, the, the cliche partnerships or sinking ships or, you know, whatever it is, but it's like, you do sometimes need other people and yes. it doesn't mean you have to give away equity in the business or sell equity in control unless you are terribly certain that they're bringing something to the table and that's the only way you can get it. That would, yes, I would agree. I agree with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, you know, the fact that you can, you can hire people to do just about anything. You know, you say you can run your business from Starbucks yep. and they have done that. Maybe yes. spent too much money on Starbucks that should have went to the business, but Starbucks thanks me for it. And uh, probably would thank us for the advertising, but absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a great piece of advice and, you know, just saying don't get into a partnership will leave people hanging, giving some background and an alternative to it is super useful. So 
think that's about all the time we have today. Might have even ran over the time that I was supposed to have, but heck, it's worth it. And I'm glad we had you here. And I'm hoping that we can have you back when uh, when new things start happening and come into fruition. But before I let you go, I do want to make sure that if people are listening to this, they want to hear, you know, they want to maybe reach out to you, talk to you, pick your brain or somebody's in the area, they want to check out Sarge Athletics, where can they find you online? SargeAthletics.com and the Instagram handles are the same. Um, that's easiest. And then Facebook, Sarge Athletics, S-A-R-G-E, and then Athletics. You've had the name for a while and you, you staked your claim on it hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here today. Thank you, Dominic. It was awesome. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, you're very welcome. And everybody there, <laughs> yeah, everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time today. We appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope this made it a little better, gave you some things to think about in your business. If you want to hear, maybe in your life too, let's be honest. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button, get notified when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description. There's a form, fill it out. We'll get back to you. We will get you on this thing ASAP. Don't forget, leave us a like, a description, any kind of feedback you want. If you love it, if you hate it, if you want to hear more, we'll see you soon. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep kicking ass, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.